Isn't the Lord good? He said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Beloved, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And every man that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. He that committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that He was manifested to take away our sin, and in Him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in Him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath neither seen Him nor known Him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He that is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Thank God for the blessing of God that we are born of Him and we know that we are of God and that the whole world lieth in wickedness and we know that the Son of God is come as has been said so many times across our stands not that He did come not that He will come but we know that He is come and hath given us an understanding they know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in his son jesus this is the true god and this is eternal life i really desire your prayers tonight i really need them i know that i'm not sufficient of myself to think anything is of myself but the spirit giveth life and it is the spirit that quickeneth you cannot find the Spirit in a school. You cannot find the Spirit in your much learning. You cannot find the Spirit through your multitude of good works. But it is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life. That was Jesus talking to His disciples. And we thank God for His precious holy words that He has on record for us today. I really am thankful that I am a member of Christ's sanctified holy church. I am a member, as He said in, in the 12th chapter of Hebrews, that ye are coming to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God. This is what happens when you get sanctified. You may not, that are not sanctified tonight, that find a need for God in your life. I think many times we get into so much doctrine and, and it gets heavy and it gets deep sometimes and maybe you don't understand these things but to us that have been there it's a beautiful experience that we are come to mount zion we are there we are living there the city of the living god the heavenly jerusalem we are come to an innumerable company of angels we are come to the general assembly the church of the firstborn. Do you know that's what church you belong to? If you're sanctified tonight, you belong to the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. That's where your name's written 
If you're in the church of the firstborn, it's written in heaven. That's why we're not emphasizing membership. We know as soon as somebody gets up from the altar, we don't have them sign a membership card and a pledge for tithing and all of these things. The thing that we're interested in is that your soul goes to heaven. I've got a membership card in my wallet that Brother Bobby Collins signed in 1972, I believe, or one, I forget which, that when he read me in along with a few other members into this wonderful, glorious church, but brothers and sisters, when I get to heaven, I'm going to leave that card behind. And I'm not going to be judged that I had a membership card of this church. I'm going to be judged. We shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give account for the deeds done in the body whether they be good or whether they be evil, the time is come. You want to know, people get all worried about the time. End of time. And when is it coming? And what's going to happen? And what's it going to be like? But the Bible says the time is come. That judgment must begin at the house of God. We throw it out on sinners and we're trying to tell you that if you're not right, if you're not, if you haven't got the carnal mind removed out of your heart, that you're lost. And that's true. But it says the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin in us, what shall the end be of those that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? And that's what we're trying to, we want to get out to you that are lost, to you that don't know God, that your life is in confusion, your life is in turmoil, you've gone away from God, days without number, you have emptiness in your heart, and we're trying to tell you that you can be complete in Christ when you get sanctified. You'll never get it any other way. You won't get it on a half price fare. People talk about a lot of the popular thing in the world today is, is uh, you go your way and you believe your way and let me go my way and let me believe my way and I won't criticize you and you don't criticize me and we'll just all just go through life together. And they got to where now that everything that is wrong in your life is a, is a result of something that happened earlier. They talk about dysfunctional families and they think things like drug abuse and alcoholism and, and, and all the works of the flesh which are manifest, which are these, are 17 of them, and they want to say, well, that's a disease. That's what they say. They say it's a disease. And they say this thing is, is a result of you had a poor reason in your childhood. You need to understand that when Paul in the 7th chapter of Romans, he found a law in his members. It warred against the law of his mind. It brought him into captivity to the law of sin that was in his members. And he found that it was no more I that do it, but it is sin that dwelleth in me. That's the reason that you go against God. That's the, It's just like the children of Israel. You know, we've got people say, well, why can't God do it in all, all in one work? Well, I reckon God could do anything He wanted to do. But we're talking about the Word of God here tonight. And it's not required that I completely understand every question that you may ask me. It's not required of all of that, but it's required that I go by the Word of God. It's required that we stand on this. You will be judged by this. You will live your life by this or you will end up in a sinner's hell. And I know this. I know that, that um, I lost my train of thought there a little bit, but what I was going to say is, 
is the fact that the sin that's in your heart is the thing that caused you to go against God. Now, God gives us many allegories. He said the things that happened aforetime happened for our learning. They were our in samples. The children of Israel over in bondage. That's an allegory of the way we were before we came to God. When we were born with a carnal mind. When we got up old enough, I remember it distinctly. Even though I was a young boy, when I began to serve God, I found that I was doing things that were wrong. And as children of Israel, at the end of 400 years, the time came, the fullness of time there, and God let them out, and He brought them across the Red Sea. He did that with a high and a mighty hand, and they got over in the wilderness. And let me tell you something. This is the reason that people are not satisfied in their churches with their ministers, with their doctrines today, is because, as was read here today, um, Leaving therefore the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. Not that we are perfect within ourselves, we're not anything within ourselves, but we're talking about the grace of God that brings salvation, hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, we should live righteously, we should live godly in this present world. And it's with the help of God. And those children of Israel, they got over in the wilderness God was dealing with them. It, Brother Thomas talked so beautifully Saturday night about how God delivered. And God, He provided them with garments that didn't wear out. He provided them with shoes that didn't wear out. He fed them every day. You would have thought that would have been a pretty good situation to be in. And it's kind of like when you get your sins forgiven, you're not sanctified. It's a good position to be in. Getting your sins forgiven is a beautiful work. Do y'all remember when you got your sins forgiven? Raise your hand. Do you remember the burden being lifted? Do you remember the release? Do you remember the freedom that you felt? Do you remember your conscience being void of offense toward God and man? But let me tell you, you were not saved at forgiveness of sins. It doesn't happen that way. And the children of Israel, in the middle of that good situation, God taking care of them, they begin to murmur among themselves and they begin to lust not to go over into Canaan. They begin to lust to go back into Egypt. And that's what will happen. And the only way they were completely delivered was when they crossed over the Jordan. And they got over into the land of Canaan. And what we're trying to tell you tonight, I want you to understand sanctification uh, Brother, Brother Hilliard Shackford from Greensboro said last night, we believe in justification, we believe in sanctification. Brother Leon mentioned a few years ago, we stand unapologetically on a platform of entire holiness. And it's through sanctification of the Spirit. I don't want you to believe this, and you won't anyway, because I'm saying it. I want you to get it out of the Word of God. I want you to understand sanctification the second definitive work of grace is not an option. It's not a bonus. It's not icing on the cake. It's not just a generally good idea, just a good thing to happen. You've got to have it to go to heaven. The whole world, they talk about being saved. What are they saved from? They say they're still in their sins. If a man's drowning and you're going to save him, you've got to get him out of the water. You don't leave him down in there. You get him out. And the only way you'll ever be saved from sin is to get completely out of sin. And the only way you can do that is through the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible, you know, people say, well, sanctification. I, I never heard of sanctification. <laughs> Here it is. Jesus in the 17th chapter of St. John. People talk about the Lord's Prayer and that was it. 
And he said, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil of the world. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And for their sakes, even as, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so now I send them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also, just like Jesus, they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for all them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they all may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. He said in, um, in the book of Acts in the 20th chapter when Paul was leaving those people in Ephesus, he says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God, who is in the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Romans 15 and 16, he said that I should be the minister of God to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. In the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, he says, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. In the sixth chapter, he said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, neither thieves, nor covetous, nor drunk, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of His Son. Then He said in Ephesians, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and He gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present it to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He said in Thessalonians, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you may know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. He said in the next book, we are bound always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God has brought the beginning, chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and a belief in the truth. He went on to Hebrews and he said, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. In the 10th chapter he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily, ministering and often, oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice, 
sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost is a witness to us. Last one, Hebrews 13 and 12. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gates. I want you to understand you've got to be sanctified. Amen. No option. It's not at your wish. You've got to be sanctified to go to heaven. Anybody here tonight don't want to go to heaven? I don't see a hand raised in this house. You know, we talk about a lot of things, but this is a serious matter. This Word of God, Brother Johnny, I mean, uh, Brother Billy read this morning that you speak the words which become sound doctrine. You may think doctrine is not important, but it will determine your eternity, what you believe. When Uncle Joe Lynch got sanctified, he come out of that church he was in because it was dead. Is that right? They sent and asked and requested for a holy minister, and they said they didn't have one. I'd say that was a dead church. And we're alive tonight. I better read something. In the second chapter of Colossians, I don't, I've always noticed that whenever a preacher starts out and says, I'm going to try to be short, that you better suck and buckle your seatbelts. So I'm not going to say that. A brother read today, I feel a lot better now. Tell you what, brothers and sisters, we better have the Spirit. Not just up here, but you need it in your life. If you don't live a life, these words up here are really empty. And so God gives us that grace. A brother read today in, uh, in Young Folks Service. Boy, I tell you what, we had a wonderful time at Young Folks meeting today. I went down to the trailer about 2.30 and was down there getting ready. And all of a sudden, the door busted open and a couple people come in and said, Have you heard the news? Ben Mitchell's gone to the altar. I mean, that, we didn't need no telephones to spread it. I come out, I come running out of the trailer. Thank God that God can reach out and touch hearts that are lost. Yeah, that's right. And and that's what that's what we're here for tonight. And and as as uh, Sister Carolyn mentioned that scripture over there in the seventh chapter of Saint John on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, "If any man thirst." Word said in Isaiah, "Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters." Jesus was it. He was the way. He was the truth. He was the life. He was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And He said, If any man thirst, let him come unto Me and drink. He that believeth on Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his bellies shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake He of the Spirit, which they that believed on Him should receive, because the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Ye are complete in Him. And you can't be complete without Him. And they read this today. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehendeth it not. Well, all things were made by Him and for Him. And I skipped over right here in, the, in Colossians. He said, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. That's what we were in. You hath He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past, you walked, every one of you. Such were some of you. Such were some of you. Some of us went further out in sin than others. I came in early. Brother Chuck didn't. He did things I didn't do. Probably, I think. And, but God forgave him of those. God forgave him of those. And, and God will reach out in the darkness part of your heart, in the darkness of your life. God can pierce that darkness. God can pierce that darkness. And you've got to seek the Lord. God ain't going to, He doesn't give His Spirit by measure. You're not going to work your way in, but you must seek the Lord while He may be found. And He said here, He hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and He hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He comes on down and He says, For by Him, by Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He, Jesus, is before all things and by Him all things consist. And Jesus is the head of the body. What's the body? The church. Who is the beginning? Jesus is. The firstborn from the dead. There was a reason for that. That in all things, He might have the preeminence. And so we are complete in Him. And right here, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Brother Art read, I think it was in Wilmington Wednesday night, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all, ple and unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That's a good goal, Sister Leona. You want to know what we're going to do in the next hundred years? I don't know what the future holds. But I'm going to tell you one thing. We talk about this church, Christ's sanctified holy church, being a hundred years old. I want to tell you something else I'm thankful for. I'm thankful it was 60 years old in 1952 when my father came to this camp meeting and got sanctified. I'm glad this church made it 60 years. I'm glad this church was 71 years old on April the 4th, 1971 when I got sanctified. These ones that got sanctified today are glad we made it 100 years. We're not glorifying this organization. This, if you will, is just kind of a branch office of God's Church, wherever it is, whoever it is, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same doctrine that we're preaching is the doctrine you're going to have to believe in for you to make it to heaven. 
Broad is the gate and wide is the way that leadeth unto destruction and many there be that go in thereat because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. I don't completely understand that. It seems like everybody would want what we've got. We've got it. You name it, we've got it. We, get, we are complete in Him. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. And there's so much of that going around. So much of that going around. And you know what? I believe even a hundred years ago when our church started, I thought that for a long time that Brother Joe Lynch was unique, and he was in, in many ways, but I thought that we were just an isolated little group that started in 1892. And I was doing some reading a few years ago and found out that there was a great revival that swept this country in that period of time. And not specifically that year, but in that general time period. And you know what people were preaching? They were preaching holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And people are so far removed from that today. And vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Now brothers and sisters, that's what our doctrine is based on. You take Jesus out of it, we're lost. If Christ be not raised, what happens? Your faith is vain. Your preaching is vain. You're yet in your sins. Then they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. But now is Christ raised from the dead and become the first fruits of him that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. You want to know why I believe Jesus raised from the dead? Because one day He raised me. If ye have been planted together in the likeness of His death, ye shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. No remnants that it might be destroyed, that henceforth you should not serve sin. And that's why we understand about the resurrection. People, we were in Wilmington a few weeks ago when we had a wedding there, and that Sunday morning, Brother Harry was preaching, and it came to me so strong. People worry about, and I mentioned this earlier, the end of time and Christ coming back, and they get all in a turmoil about it. You know what they're missing, and they're overlooking the most important thing. He said, this is the mystery that hath been hid from ages and from generations to whom God would make known what is the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ, not 50 years from now, not a year from now, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you get caught up in all this other stuff, you might miss it out on yourself. You need the second coming of Christ in your heart tonight, in your life, and in your heart. Well, you know, he says, In Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, Bodily. It was all in Him. And ye are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. Now you want to talk about a lot of doctrine and theology, and you can get all confused on a lot of things, but I want to tell you you're complete in Him. 
You don't have to understand it. You don't have to be able to explain it. But whatever it is that you need to go to heaven, when you get sanctified, when you get the second coming of Christ in your life, when you get resurrected from the dead works of sin, you are complete in Him. In whom also you are circumcised. If you want to talk about that, you got that when you get sanctified. In the circumcision made without hands, what is a circumcision when you get sanctified? It's in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. That's what it is. It's getting rid of it. By the circumcision of Christ. You want to talk about baptism? We got that. Buried with Him in baptism. That's a death. Wherein also ye are risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised Him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances which was against us. People still believing in it today. They're trying to conform to that. They try to make that their salvation. It says it was against us. Is that plain enough? Which was contrary to us. Is that plain enough? You know what Jesus did? He took it out of the way. He nailed it to His cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, He made a shoe of them over openly, triumphing over them in it. I want you to understand that when He ascended up on high, He led captivity captive. And He gave gifts unto men. And that's why we're sanctified here tonight. I'm glad I'm sanctified tonight. How about y'all? How about y'all? Let me see your hands. Are you glad you're sanctified? Are you glad you're on your way to heaven? Is there anywhere else you'd rather be than in this house of God here tonight? With all these lovely saints, we're on the way to heaven. We had a young man. I don't know if I can find this. We had a young man that got sanctified in Wilmington a few months ago, a couple of months ago. And uh, I think the first night after he got sanctified, all of a sudden he started a song. And he didn't know it. <laughs> he didn't know the tune and he didn't know the words. There's number 406 in the book. It says, When first I heard of holiness, I thought it must be right. It seemed to fit the Bible and be the Christian's life. I heard them, the people singing and testifying too. They seemed to love their Savior, as Christians ought to do. We will sing until we die. Hallelujah. We will preach and testify. We will preach the word of holiness. So true. And he come on down and he said, My heart began to hunger and burn and thirst within. I wanted full salvation and freedom from all sin. I went to God for holiness and called upon His name. He cleansed my heart completely and He filled it with the same. And now I'm one that bears the name. That happy holy band, I've crossed the River Jordan. I'm in the Holy Land. The atmosphere is pleasant. The fruit is every kind. When you reach heaven's portals, I'll not be far behind. And we're on a journey tonight, brothers and sisters. I don't know. God's taking over here tonight. I had things turned down, but I want you to understand you need to be sanctified. Some people say that, you know, all y'all ever do is preach the same thing. And I read this week, Brother Joseph used to quote this so often when he started to preach. Our brethren, when I came unto you, came not with excellency of speech or of man's wisdom, 
declaring unto you the testimony of God. Brother Joseph, that's why we preach the same thing. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews it's a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks it's foolishness. But unto those of us which are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation. When Philip was on that road wherever he was and he come across that eunuch traveling there he got up in that chariot he asked him do you understand what you read the man was reading there in isaiah and he didn't understand it but pete philip took that same scripture and began to preach unto him jesus and jesus you know the only one of the only sermons we have recorded that he preached to a group was when in the fourth chapter of luke when he went to the synagogue on the sabbath day as was his custom that's a good custom is to go to church when it's church time. And they delivered him the book to read. And he read over there what we know is the 61st chapter of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. If you're in this category tonight, this is what Jesus wants you to come to Him for. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to the opening of the prison, to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now is the day of salvation, and now is the accepted time. If you hear His voice, harden not your heart. I say 1992 is the acceptable year of the Lord. And He was talking about that day. And just like He told him over there in the 24th chapter of Matthew, which shall these things be and what shall be the sign of that coming and of the end of the world, the very first thing that Jesus said was take heed that no man deceive you. He knew there was going to be deceivers coming around that would spoil you through philosophy and things. See, like He said in the 4th chapter of 1 John, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God or no, because many false prophets are going out into the world. Hereby we know the spirit of... Uh, what did He say? That's later down. Let me, let, me, let me read it. Hereby ye know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh right here in our mortal flesh. Not way off in the future, but now. Right now. When do you get sanctified? Is right now. Right now. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is antichrist. It's not of God. And this is that antichrist. He said, um, this is that spirit of antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is He that is in you than he that is... Y'all know that one too. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that is of God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And I say that today is the acceptable year of the Lord. We're proclaiming that tonight. We proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them. This is what Jesus will do with your life. To give unto them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaven. That ye might be called trees of righteousness. The blessing of the Lord that he might be glorified. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your service for Jesus' sake. How many want to go to heaven tonight?
How many want to go to heaven? How many are willing to pay the price? Brother Leon talked about your choices. Do you know the Bible, the world talks so often, and it's a beautiful verse, and we believe it. John 3.16, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him might not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you know we love God? We know that we love God when we keep His commandments. And do you know love demands sacrifice? Love demands commitment? Love demands giving up of yourself? And that's the only way that we'll ever get sanctified is to yield ourselves unto Him as those that are alive from the dead. And I thank God for it. Let's all stand. We like, we welcome you to come to an altar of prayer.